Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. I've been using the product. The CBD plus melatonin uh, capsules are amazing. They get me to sleep. I wake up feeling like a million bucks. And the good morning pills are a great alternative to a hot cup of coffee. Plus, you get that uh, CBD action going on with the uh, little bit less anxiety. A little bit uh, you can handle the day a little bit better when you trust CBD and Medterra CBD is the place to get it. Big MX Radio 15 is the place to save on on uh, MedterraCBD.com. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these episodes, all 705 of them or something like that. There's way, way too many. Uh, and the first guy I need to introduce is a guy who is for sure within the first 100 podcasts. Heck, he might have been in the first 50 podcasts here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Network. He's a good friend of mine. We've been going back back and forth on Twitter uh, since I got it back in 2010. Holy crap, we're coming up on a decade here, Blazer. The man who's brought you countless hours of uh, motocross and supercross action on uh, on YouTube. Uh, he's the first uh, word when it comes to uh, all things motocross historian because he's got all the magazines likely sitting behind him right now. And uh, if you haven't checked out the motocross, the is it the motocross vault on Instagram on uh, YouTube? He'll correct me once I introduce him. But the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Blazer. Hey, what's up, Brad? Thanks for that intro. Not a bad injury. It is. It's the motocross vault, correct? It is the motocross vault on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I will say this: I just, I just opened up a second channel. I don't know, three or four months ago, to move all the races to. So yes. there's two channels. If you go to the motocross race vault, you'll find all the classic races. And if you want like bike reviews and things like that, that's just on the motocross vault. I do like the bike reviews. I don't know why, but like you kind of breaking down all the nuances of these bikes that are like way before my time is like this weird addiction that I have that I just, I I want more of them. Uh, I'd like to start making requests and stuff like that. Uh, It's really, really interesting. Uh, You seem to know more uh, about bikes in the, uh, the 70s, 80s, and 90s than I know about current bikes, which is both shocking and a little bit disturbing to most. Um, but uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, man, uh, you're you're a great asset to have on this podcast, which we're going to be talking about basically the, the bikes we saw this last weekend in straight rhythm, as well as uh, some of just like the uh, the whole setup, the gear, the helmet, the the bike, the whole nine yards, and uh, you're one of the guys to turn to. Well, thanks. I, I probably actually know much more about bikes in the '90s than I know about current bikes too, as well. So that's Perfect. Why. <laughs> Fantastic. And well, most of the bikes that I own are uh, are both two-stroke and uh, almost damn near 20 years old. Now he's been sitting patiently waiting on the line uh, while I uh, basically just blow Blazer uh, via uh, intro, and he's hoping that I'm going to give him uh, just as good a one. Uh, he's a repeat offender on the podcast. He's been on about 10 podcasts in 2019. 
2019, so he's probably pretty old hat. People are tired of hearing from him, but he always brings the noise. He always comes more prepared than I am, uh, given even though I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He eats, breathes, and uh, and two strokes every single uh, little bit of this sport. He absolutely loves it. He's got an opinion, and uh, one of the things I love about him is that we often disagree on stuff, but he's always got his uh, his facts checked to make sure that uh, he can prove me wrong. He is all the way down in. Uh, no, you're in. Uh, you're not in Missouri anymore. No, where you? You're in. Where the hell are you? Where are you, Matt? I've always been in Iowa. You've always been in Iowa, of course. As I introduce him mid intro, um, and uh, like just a great friend, a guy who I've uh, we've literally been like ships passing in the night. A couple of different events that we've both attended to, and uh, I'm sorry, Matt, I wasn't going to be able to make it to the uh, to the bridge in the middle of the rain at Millville when I was uh, in my friendly confines of the uh, the, the media shack. Um, but Matt Weller, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. And uh, of course, if you don't already know, MX Rehab is is a place where uh, two strokes and four strokes have gone in the past to basically get a full makeover, um, some restoration, brand new wheels, tip to tail, basically everything that these bikes need to uh, get back to their original luster and or even better than that, uh, they go to MX uh, Rehab and, and that's a little kind of a project that you've had in your garage, um, much to the chagrin of your wife I assume, uh, where you uh, currently have a stable of between four and five motorcycles uh, of varying degrees of awesomeness and uh, one of the things I got to say about your projects over the years man is they get better and better and better, like I think there's a, uh, like when you first did your first uh, few ones, I think there's a few people online that sort of gave you some shit about like kind of just pipe and graphics sort of thing. But you've really gotten into it now, like with the uh, the vapor blasting and, and and making sure the bikes look really really trick. You uh, you dot your eyes, you cross your t's, and uh, and that's why we have you on the podcast. Yeah, I uh, try to do my best where I can. Absolutely. Well, if you have, if you're not already following MX Rehab, go ahead and do that. Uh, they're a great follow. Always posting up some cool pictures of some of the projects you've had in the past. Um, and and maybe uh, in a podcast coming down the road, we'll, we'll get into what you're working on right now. But let's get into Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Results aside, this race is not about who goes fast. It's about who looks cool. And uh, there's some guys who brought some serious, uh, some serious. Uh, firepower on the fashion side of things. I think we got to start off with the guy who basically won the whole event and doing so on a, on a two-stroke that's uh, damn near 15 years old. Um, Blazer, I know you're a Honda guy uh, through and through to your very core. I'll let you guys both touch on this individual who I think stole the show um, from from tip to tail as far as, far as gear on point, bike, not only was it on point, but it was literally Jeremy McGrath's uh, CR250 from back in the day. It was kind of restyled and uh, and redone up, um, but like the 95 look, absolutely loved it. Blaze, I'll give you the floor because uh, you're the you're the elder statesman among us, and you're also a Honda fanatic. So uh, tell them what we tell us what we saw from Ken Roxon. Well, I will say this: I love the gear. Um, I actually had that '95 uh, Fox gear that he was running a replica of, and I think uh, nice. Pete Fox killed it with that. It looked just like it, identical. Except, you know, with a 1-800 figure. Basically identical. Like, it was like it as was close almost, as it can get. Exactly. 
Exactly. Except for like it said one eight hundred rocks instead of one eight hundred collect, which I thought was a cool touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a little torn on the bike. I, the fact that it's Jeremy's bike is awesome, and uh, I think the bike was pretty good. But I'm not always a fan of when they try to put like these old school graphics on the new bodywork, and I think yes. it didn't really work as well as I think it could have. I, I I think like the the Fonseca look uh, was maybe a little better because it just it just looks kind of funny, you know, to me. Um, I think it wasn't my favorite in terms of the actual looks of the bike, but I do think it was unique. I like the little touch where they went with the retro square number plate in front. I thought that was great. I like that. The blue camel supercross uh, numbers are awesome. Um, I mean, it was a cool effort, but it just kind of, you know, putting a round uh, peg into a square hole that trying to make that 94 body work kind of match up with the new stuff. Yeah, it seemed like they got really stuck on trying to do the 94, 95 uh, sort of look on the bike uh, with the gear and everything like that. I, I personally, I think it's because they wanted to do Fox because Kenny, because obviously uh, when when McGrath raced that bike, he's in Thor gear, so it would have been sort of difficult to uh, kind of finagle around that. I liked it overall, and I think the gear was what, what stole it, honestly. Like, uh, yeah, the bike wasn't exactly perfect to where I would have perf- personally liked it, but uh, Matt, I'll let you weigh in on this. I think bike gear uh, was, was pretty on point, and um, also the installation of everything was really nice. I think the details uh, on just everything was just very well presented, uh, and I know you're a details guy. Tell me about it. I think, as an entire package, it was my favorite, I think. Um, I love the gear. The gear definitely won it for me. Um, I wanted that gear in 95. Uh, I still want that gear today. So if they started mass producing that stuff today, I'm ordering it. Um, as far as the bike, um, I did like the old style square number plate. Kenny actually put that out on his uh, Instagram or his Twitter as a poll to see uh, if he should run that style or the new style. Um, you know, I, he got he got the fans involved, and I thought that was really cool. Um, I've seen different views of the bike, you know, different angles of it, and if you've got a straight-on view, I think it's killer because you can see the outline of the 94 shroud so they did a really good job of making it look retro. Um, could it have been better? Maybe. Um, could they have done something t- totally different? Yeah, sure. But I, I think for the, the purpose of this race, I think they nailed it. I, I agree. I, I, I really liked it, and uh, I think it sort of stole the show. And, and, not, and also, sort of like side note, of course, we're not talking about too much results on this side of things, but uh, uh, the fact that Kenny on a 252 stroke, able to uh, uh, assert his dominance and win the event uh, down by uh, 50 cc's uh, against those uh, high-strung uh, KTMs. That's got to be a feather in his cap as well to uh, grab that on uh, MC's old bike. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys. I, like, I don't know how much a huge, how, how huge I am a fan of pulling Jeremy McGrath's bike out of retirement to put different plastics and everything on it. I guess it's still it's just a dirt bike. I mean, I should I should maybe not be too much of a stickler for it, but uh, like, could they not have found uh, a, a, another CR to, to do this with? You know what I mean? Like that that that's a bike that almost should like be retired and stay retired. What do you think, Blaze? I would be more upset if they probably pulled out uh, that 95 that he was riding last year. Yes. I would be afraid he, something would get broken on it or something. I'm, Fair I'm enough. not as attached to that 2006, you know. Um, and plus, obviously, you know, 
that this uh, the 06 probably has a higher level of performance, certainly in terms of the frame and what have you. So yeah, thing, and capabilities for, for suspension and whatnot too. I imagine they would have been able yeah, to put exactly. a, like legit suspension on it and stuff. Sure, I mean he could have ridden. I mean I'm sure when you think about it, some of those guys like you know Intingnap and stuff on those um, RMs of the last generation RMs and. They're probably not that much different in performance than a mid '90s CR was with the steel frame. So, no, you know, that's like, true. Or how to look, look at Bowers? He's on a 891 or something. So you could ride the course on it certainly. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the 06 gave him a little bit more of an edge than that old '95 would have. Fair enough. So uh, leaving uh, Roxon uh, 1-800 Roxon on the the shelf. Let's switch over to uh, RV2. Shows up on a Yamaha. Goes Villa Light on us. I like the gear. Uh, of course, uh, he's answer now. So they sort of had to do a Thor rendition of some answer gear. I kind of like that they they were they still committed to that look. Um, and I, I thought the bike was pretty solid. Like, uh, Villo didn't seem to be, uh, at his best. Obviously, he had the, the big crash, or I guess, like, a big face of a jump on the Friday, which uh, hindered him, uh, results wise. But, uh, I like the look. I like it. It's a very clean look. Obviously, it's sort of an iconic bike that, uh, uh, McGrath didn't exactly have a fantastic season on in 2002, I believe. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I think it was well done. Um, Matt, why did you, uh, put that on, uh, number two on your list? Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was I, I thought it was a pretty good bike. Number two on the list, I think based upon, um, fan of Villapoto, um, fan of McGrath, fan of the Yamaha, um, everything fell together as a package. Um, the gear combo didn't, you know, didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, I saw what they were trying to do. I get it uh, with different uh, different gear sponsors, but the overall package I thought was good. Um, you know, I'm still trying to adjust to seeing Villapoto on a Yamaha, not on a Kawasaki, but him throwing that homage to the King that was really cool to me. Mm-hmm. So um, just just a fan of all those guys from you know that generation. Um, I don't think you could really go wrong in any any aspect of it, and um, I think you know Villapoto kind of nailed it, especially with the cans, all the way down to you know the uh, uh, Villa Light cans. That was cool. yes, that was much appreciated. Uh, Blaze, I know you're a, you're an attention to detail guy, and uh, the YZ two fifty's got to have a a special place in everybody's heart. Did you own one? I don't know if you ever owned one. I know you owned a KX two fifty. And and many a, oh, a, a YZ250. Did you did you own that that era of Yamaha? Yeah, I had an 05. That's right. Yeah, I probably owned ten YZ250s over the years. Jesus but Christ. yeah, I had an 05. Yeah, Fair enough. <laughs> so, what did you think <laughs> of Villapoto's look uh, when he came to the track? Um, like, this is the one of three different McGrath uh, homages that. Uh, uh, we're, we're done. I, I'm pretty impressed that uh, a guy like McGrath has that much clout that literally three different top flight superstars uh, basically dressed up as him for the day. That, that just says uh, kind of like, does that not just say something about the king? Um, only it's one not, Ricky, by the way. Sure. Uh, but uh, what would you think about uh, the Villa Light? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I, I really didn't care that much for that Bud Light Yamaha that was kind of, like you said earlier, kind of a tough year for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I think the it was very creative. The fact that they went... It made it Villa Light instead of Bud Light was really an interesting way to do it. Um, I think the gear, although even though Answer did it, it is kind of a, a pretty direct homage to what he wore that year. Yeah, I it was identical. A good job with it. I mean, it, it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, I think first me personally, 
I really way preferred Cooper Webb's, um, you know, KTM. I thought that looked better than this YZ, for me at least. But I think that was a really uh, interesting and well done homage to Jeremy's uh, bike that year for sure. I, I agree. I, th- I thought that uh, um, it was a, a very clean-looking bike. Uh, it's unfortunately he wasn't able to ride to any, any type of uh, uh, performance that he's used to. But uh, yeah, I think it was um, um, it was really really cool to see him out there and uh, just a very clean look. I, I think that like second place is, as far as ranking goes on just total overall look, I think is probably right up where it is. Um, the next one I have to kind of like, this we're all kind of just going off of this list that uh, Matt sort of. Uh, provided for us uh, during the day. I'm busy doing uh, business mathematics and trying to uh, make, come up with some uh, some sense of my accounting homework. And uh, and Matt's uh, uh, ranking these from from one through ten. Uh, Enzo Lopes with the Larry Ward bike. I loved it. First of all, going way off the map as far as who to do a uh, tribute to, and the uh, the answer gear, especially with the old answer logos, was extremely well well done. The white jersey with the black pants, uh, even such details as the uh, um, the black pipe uh, I think the only part where you, you like I don't know you really hold back marks at all but of course I think it was a 2013 chassis which I think we've all agreed that uh, putting the, the the old style look on a new style uh, graphic kit or bodywork not always the best way to go um, it's not personally my favorite um, but uh, but Matt maybe you can explain as to why number uh, Enzo Lopes ended up third among uh, your favorite bikes of the weekend I thought the Suzuki's were great uh, what was that 99-2000 yes, I, I thought they were awesome looking bikes and you should have had to put right set of forks on it yeah but uh, <laughs> Nobody ever gives uh, Larry Ward any sort of like um, props. I mean, and that was that was a good look. I thought that was cool. Uh, you know, one hundred percent chance that Enzo Lopes did. You know, didn't pick that. Somebody on the team picked that. But I mean, that that was an amazing look, and I I just thought you know he had to be my top five, and he just he fell into third place for me. Fair enough. Blaze, uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, how much you saw of, uh, of young Enzo Lopes. Uh, the kid didn't exactly make it all the way to the final or anything like that, but a, so- a solid look, and uh, I really liked it. Very clean. Uh, the, the black pipe was a nice touch, and, uh, yeah, like, I, like, I'm not a huge aluminum frame, uh, like, kind of like the AF uh, build two-stroke deal, but uh, as far as execution, I think that, um, it, I think it was well done. What do you think? I thought it was great. I mean, I think that that general graphic package that year by Suzuki was a good-looking bike other than the, uh, the giant barn door shrouds on it. But the graphics themselves were good-looking. And uh, I thought it was a you know, pretty good-looking build, too. I, I don't mind the um, you know the whole AF thing. I think it was pretty sharp. So at first, when I first saw it, I did think at first glance, what is that, a, you know, a Stewart bike? But then, yeah, you look at the graphics and you see it's definitely like a 99 replica. Actually, Matt, let me ask you a question. I see that you didn't put Superweb anywhere on your top ten. Did you not like that uh, the, the whole Hot Wheels look on his bike? Because I, I thought it was like maybe my, at least for me, it's my number I think one. top five for me. Yeah, the count gear and bike combination. I was probably my favorite. Um, no, I, I thought that was probably McGrath's <laughs> ugliest bike ever. Wow! Um, if they had done the <laughs> well, bike KTM, I'm not talking about like the bike. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, you're right. The bike itself wasn't yeah. great. The original, but I thought it looked great on that new KTM. But I guess, yeah, 
Yeah, no, I was just going off of the original. You guys um, can fight if you I want. I didn't like it then. Don't like it now. <laughs> if they would have done the Bud Light uh, KTM, I mean, that's that's on my bucket list of builds. That is probably my favorite McGrath bike ever. Um, I think you should have went like Grant gear. Langston, uh, Grant Langston KTM in like oh four oh five. Yeah, yeah like that was a good one. Early summer ones, I wasn't a fan of. Yeah. But no, his gear, I mean, his gear was spot on. I mean, it almost looked like he was wearing old Thor gear from, you know, 2002 yeah, or three. Dead on. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, so that, the they did an amazing my, job. My top like, list. There's a picture that Brown Dog took that it's basically the exact same shot as one of uh, uh, McGrath's shots from that year. Like, the shots beside each other, you'd think it's the same photo. It's it's pretty impressive. I, I was really impressed with the gear specifically. They really killed it with that for sure. Yeah. Hats off to Thor on that. Um, what about Ryan Sipes, boys? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a huge... Like, I know... Tony? Okay, I know... I know about, like, I, the, if he's talking about, like, the original look, though, it's like, I think Sipes' bike's pretty cool, but... You can't tell me that like a '94 KTM was like the most beautiful machine of the time. With no, that. that's what I'm saying. I, I think Matt's going to disagree here, but yeah, like I, I wasn't a huge. I, I would have stuck with regular black, like white backgrounds, black numbers. I'm, I don't really love the red numbers. Like I'm from Canada, we do red numbers all too often because uh, we do weird stuff down, up here. But like Matt, why why did uh, uh, Sipes like rank so high for you? Is that because you just have an affinity for the color purple? Like we know you've done uh, like you and your your mid nineties cowies are just like connected at the hip. So I think there's some there's a little bit of a bias going on here. Um, out of all of the, I'd say early mid late nineties KTM's, that ninety four ninety five was probably one of my favorite looks. Um, actually, when I had my uh, 16 KTM, I wanted those graphics, and I couldn't find anybody to make them for me. That was the look I wanted, was that 95-ish um, OEM style. Um, I didn't care for the numbers. I didn't so much care for the seat, but the overall, the graphics I liked. I, I could see what he was going for. Uh, you know, that's that's why I ranked that one so high. Enough, if you take the seat and the numbers out of the equation, the bike is much better looking, I think. Yes. The seat is just... And it's like looks like some of the Joker would have run on his motorcycle. It's a little, a little bit out there, but uh, there's yeah. a privateer that actually ran um, earlier in the day. He didn't qualify for the night show, but there was a privateer kid that rode one that was almost identical. I mean, he had the factory purple seat and the black backgrounds with the correct numbers. It looked really yeah, cool. But it was. Uh, he didn't make the night show, so I didn't pick it. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, what's his name? Aleo. Case? Yeah. Too bad somebody didn't have a, like one of those minty green ones, like from '91 out there. That would have been interesting. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like cool. a t- or a, a tapioca orange uh, KTM, oh, and just some, and have KTM did some weird stuff in the '90s, man. W- would it have even made it off that like starting ramp though? <laughs> you had the 550, Lotus. Yeah, yeah, yeah the 525. Yeah, uh, Kai again. Kai Aleo, he's uh, he rides for uh, KTM. His dad actually works at Yamaha, oddly enough, and he did. Um, Blaze, maybe I can quickly send this to you. This is probably one of the like more underrated. Uh, I'm just going to send that to you via uh, Instagram. Uh, one of the more underrated bikes. Um, I think they did a much better job with the purple seat. 
very very clean look uh basically looks like they basically took that look from 95 and just like retroactively brought it forward and uh like they they crushed it with the black plates with the white numbers and uh yeah like that was that was probably one of the more underrated looks uh of all the riders uh, from this last weekend um but while, while tony looks at that uh, bl- uh Matt, what did you like so much about uh um Travis Pastrana's look. Obviously, he had some like some gear that was sort of throwback a- AXO stuff, kind of, and, and the yeah. the gear and the the bike was sort of uh, like had a lot of things going on with it as far as colors go. What what stood out for you for that? Well, it's no joke or no surprise, I guess. I love that '92 look. You know, I did that with yes. my RMZ. I turned yes, it into a '92. That. that is my favorite look from the '90s, and that is one bike that I cannot find to build as a '92 RM250. So I've got a real soft spot in my heart for that. Um, love Travis Pastrana. I love that look, uh, and he was riding a 500. I mean, that that to me. If, if it wouldn't have been flow yellow plastic, if it had been standard yellow plastic, um, if the gear would have been a little bit more era correct, I, he would have been higher on my list for sure. But uh, I just, I like the look and uh, I had to put him up there. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what was going on with the gear. Like, I kind of liked it, but I kind of didn't. I, I can't really decide what I thought of it. I, I think honestly, this is probably like, that gear is probably more up uh, Blazers uh, alley than anything because that that's some th- that's some throwback stuff from uh, an era that or that some gear that you had back in the day. Is it, is it not Blaze? I think that, is that not some like kind of a knockoff of some Axo stuff from back in the day. I think what they were going for was a little bit of the Mission Control look in '91. Okay, um, so I actually had that gear. I yeah, think, I know you had that. Picture I gotta be honest. I don't. I didn't like any of that. I mean, I, the '92 RM. I hated it back then. It's grown on me now. I actually put it on my top ten Suzuki's list when I did a little while back. Interesting. But I, I, I really dislike that look on a modern bike. I just don't think it works. I think it looks stupid. I'm not. It's like on a '92 RM. I'm fine with it, but I, I did not care for Travis's bike with the giant pink seat. I mean, even in '92, it had like the purple and the. Um, yeah, the and the and the zebra on, on the seat was nice touch too. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It, it, I don't know what the, the gear is. You know, really, it's just an ad for his Nitro Circus thing. It's not really attributed yeah, to anything. Yeah, you're right about I mean, that. Now looking at it, it's just looks like a... It, it kind of just yeah. looks like a yeah. rainbow threw up. Yeah, I would, you know, to me, <laughs> the best Travis Pastrana at the event was AJ Catanzaro, you know, who was who looked like Travis, you know, actually had really awesome replica no fear gear. I, I, Travis's look, not my favorite. Yeah, no, I like I've, I think that one got high on Matt's list because of his affinity for those early '90s uh, Suzuki's, and like the graphic kit looked pretty good. Shout out to the guys from Throttle Syndicate for uh, for dialing that up. I would I, I, I'm a, a purist. I like the the I like I like my Suzuki's yellow. I like my uh, my Yamahas either yellow or blue. Uh, you know what I mean, or white and red every once in a while. Um, but yeah, no, they. Um, it's. Uh, I'm a bit of a stickler for that. And, and like, if for those wondering, I am not a huge fan of flow green. Don't 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 at me. Uh, but anyway, um, 
a bike that's very similar to uh, to one of uh, the ones that Matt's built in the past with uh, that particular graphic kit, not too far off of uh, something that the uh, the guys over at Throttle Jockey uh, had come out with. Uh, Josh Hansen comes out with the number 100, uh, basically throwing it back to a classic look from the 97 Honda, if I'm not mistaken. You guys will correct me. Um, 99. Well, 98 factory bike, 99 stock bike. Basically. There you go. Fair enough. See, I, I I barely got it out of my mouth, and you guys are already jumping all over me. I just like just getting torched here on the podcast. Um, what did you think of Hanson's look overall? And on top of that, just uh, on a two fifty two stroke Honda, just busting out some of the biggest lines. Uh, maybe not the fastest lines out there, but uh, uh, Josh Hanson came at least to show out. He looked pretty good, except for that ugly, ugly Fox helmet. That like, like great like. The, the zebra, not a, not, not, I'm not knocking the zebra, but that is probably the ugliest nose piece in the sport of motocross has ever been. Uh, I'd, t- I'd take a, an old school fin fighter over that thing, but uh, otherwise, Josh Hansen kind of killed it. But I will say this. Like, if you take the gear and the bike together, it wasn't my favorite package, but just for the motorcycle alone, I, I, it may be my favorite bike. I thought it was really an awesome, simple but awesome look. Um, it's one of those bikes that because the, the original had an alloy frame, even though this was like a generation after that, I think it still looks great. I actually had a, a couple of 99 CRs, and I hated them back then as far as the performance was. That first generation frame is a little, little bit rough, but I think this bike looks really cool. I wish he had gone with more of a retro look on the gear, though the gear is, um, you know, it's shipped, and he could he could could have worn something shipped from 98 or 99 for guys. Yeah, to have that would have been money. Stuff that MA has. Yeah, they have it now. I don't know why he did that. So the the helmet is an abomination. The gear is kind of meh, <laughs> but the bike I thought was on point. The wow! Is actually just re-released um, today or yesterday, and that's the the second um, rendition of the the retro gear that they're doing. Uh, they didn't have that color back then. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but, and uh, more high vis. Like motocross needed more high vis. Yeah. See, in that year, that gear was the green and the orange, and I think maybe the black. Uh, the camo. I think. Uh, and the camo, yeah. yeah. The camo would have looked good, but he could have run the camo stuff like him had back then. If you would have ran the camo with a with a, a chrome visor on any other color helmet, like, that's a sh- that's one of the showstoppers. But he didn't. Yeah. Well, well, Schiff could have probably done something. That, you know, Fox was uh, Ezra was Fox that year, so yeah. he could have, they could have certainly done something that looked kind of like what he ran too. It's like they he put a little bit of effort in the bike. I mean, really, the bike is just a modern bike with some retro graphics, so it wasn't like he had a factory effort as far as that goes. But totally, but it, also it didn't look good on it. just to interrupt you, Blaze. That is basically how it would have been back in the day, right? Like that's sure. that's actually yeah. probably the have... si- the simplicity of it is basically would have been shrouds and, and numbers. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, it's it here. looks like Ezra's bike that year. It's a good looking Ezra bike. Yeah, yeah, I would have loved it. I think Beautiful if you would have done an Ezra, Ezra look from that, like even like that black and red stuff that Ezra ran that year, while he uh, um, went down in the whoops every other time uh, that particular season, uh, yeah, that would have been um, that would have been fantastic. I would have I would have really liked that. Even if he kept it shift, but just went with like sort of like a throwback to that Fox, that Fox stuff. I think that would have been best. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not not a bad look. Um, honestly, like I, I, I got to question your 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 placement of Tyler Bowers in the top ten here, and and the, given the fact that Cooper Webb not in this top ten, I didn't really think that uh, Bowers' whole overall look slash 
bike really had any uh, anything to sne- like anything to write home about other than in brackets you put because 500 well, like for 500 reason ab- absolutely uh, he deserves to be top 10 anyone can they can hold on to uh, a 500 the distance of that straightaway uh, has my respect but uh, that the, the KX 500 to me like, I think he had a, a golden opportunity to maybe do like a, a warty uh, throwback or, or maybe uh, did did um, the last 500 to win the championship would have been LaRocco. Like, I would have loved to have seen a LaRocco throwback with that seven gear or something like that. Seven usually comes out with some cool stuff. And I think there was the Tyler, like, the, the possibilities with Tyler, Tyler Bauer's setup were kind of endless and they sort of went wah, wah for me. But you, maybe you guys disagree. Well, the gear aside, I, I really haven't seen anything that seven has done that I, you know, wanted to run out and buy. So the gear had nothing to do with my my uh, placement on this it was the overall bike I mean Tyler built that in his garage he did a hell of a job the alloy tank I mean it's just it was a cool bike and you you don't see him that much anymore Um, you know I built that one there last year I like the KX500 I like what he's done with it I like what he can do with it Um, had he not won maybe not even been in my top 10 but that was just an overall bike that I, I like for what it is Fair enough. Blaze, what'd you think? I mean, I respect KX500s. I love KX500s. I have uh, ridden a lot of 500s over the years. So I, I think they're cool bikes, but I mean, as far as putting on the list, I don't think it really belongs on it. If you're talking about like the, um, the spirit of the event with the retro feel and stuff, not really. But uh, as far as a cool machine, I mean, you can't go wrong with a 500 anytime. And the seven gear, I don't think I've ever seen a set of seven gear that I would actually buy. So this stuff was at funky, I don't know, minty green. It probably would have gone with that 91 KTM okay, but... <laughs> it wasn't it. even mint green, though. Like, I, I think I've seen, like, post-it notes in that color. Like, I, can't even I don't know. It, it, it's like a, a, a seafoam green or something. That's, like it's, yeah, seafoam's probably a better... Kind of, I don't know. Because, like, like, mint kind of has more of, like, a... When I think mint green, I think of that um, that Thor gear that came out in 06. That right. um, yes, yes. Actually, I like that. I, oh, that I, stuff was <laughs> sweet. The mint with the black. Yeah. They also yeah, had like a, a beige and a yeah. blue that I owned from that particular season Thor, as well. Thor was so good in the early 2000s. Mid 2000s, they had some great stuff. They were so good, and then they all just went to crap. You, you don't like the the bad boys look? You're oh my god, I hated that in '91. <laughs> And you hate it now. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, and other so than the, again the retro feel, hey, I, I give them credit. It's a really good interpretation of the original. It's really true to the original, the spirit of it. Um, they would have been great to run at this event, to be honest. But no, it was ugly then. If you're gonna do something cool, do like the Thor Velocity stuff from '93, or even like the F1 stuff from '95, '96. Thor had some yeah. good stuff in the '90s, but Bad Boys was not it. No, no, that that's that, my favorite. Typhoon series. From What's that? 90. My favorite was the Typhoon series from like 94, yes. 95. That stuff yep, was good. I have a Typhoon jersey uh, still. Of course you do. Uh, Typhoon pants. Of yeah, I want yeah, that video sometimes. It's pretty cool. That was my yeah, first I, set of gear from when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. It's hot as hell now if you put it on. Oh. Sweatshirt, but it's cool stuff. Big time. I think my, my first jersey is one of those old cotton jerseys, those it's old really cotton fox jerseys. They're, they're basically like a full blown turtleneck. And uh, oh yeah, yeah no. But those things were uh, for for racing in Canada. They're great because it's going to be uh, uh, damn near thirty degrees here tomorrow. So uh, um, I'm going to I'm going to need one. Maybe I'll bust that thing out. 
But um, good for that. oh heck yeah! Um, next on your list, Parker Mashburn, basically coming out of left field, who literally, and this is my favorite part about this event, because stuff like this can happen. Good friends with Nathan Ramsey, literally just wears Nathan Ramsey's gear from that year, and uh, like doesn't have anything made up. Literally just puts on Nathan Ramsey's gear uh, from Factory Kawasaki or Factory KTM that particular year. The bike actually looked fantastic. Whoever did the graphics on that absolutely smashed it. They kind of that was the year where uh, I think it was Ramsey and uh, Michael Lessi on the the first rendition of the 250F from KTM, uh, and they so like the K, the KTM logo was sort of like stylized and and almost looked like it had like kind of like broken apart a little bit. Uh, very very clean look, uh, and the kid actually performed very well in it. I was pretty impressed, and of course, anytime that you literally pull someone's gear from uh, from damn near twenty or about fifteen years ago, uh, I'm a huge fan of that. So, uh, what uh, what stuck out for you for that look, uh, Matt? Uh, of course, you, you must have really liked that one to put a top ten for you. Well, the fact that it was the original gear is what placed Henry uh, there for me. the The bike, the graphics. That overall package was uh, pretty solid. I like the the KTM's from that era. Uh, always kind of an Nathan Ramsey fan, so uh, it, I was, you know, it was, it was getting tougher and tougher to to place guys throughout this list. So um, I, I was going through all 125 and the 250 brackets, and you know, he was the one that really just kind of stuck out. Um, out of all the KTM's, his really kind of stuck out to me, and uh, that was. Um, not been for the Ramsey jersey, he probably wouldn't have been in the top ten. So, it was the combination of the bike and the gear for me. Fair enough. I liked it. What do you think, Blaze? Oh, my only beef would be I think he couldn't get the original pants, so the blue didn't match. The jersey didn't match the pants exactly, but uh, the overall KTM look of the bike was great. I had two O fives. I love that look. It's one of my favorite KTM looks of all time. Is like that O uh, five O six look. Um, so I thought I thought all the ones that were kind of going for that look with like the Langston ones and stuff they look great I think it's other than the, the colors not quite matching with the gear I thought it was pretty cool it's neat that he's wearing actually Nate Dog's jersey that's pretty pretty cool for sure I liked it. I, I think that was probably one of the better looks on the whole night, Maybe, and very underrated. Maybe it kind of flew under the radar and turned some heads uh, once the lights were on. Uh, Michael Lieb shows up, and of course he's uh, one of the, the guys who uh, basically does some design work. He does like some of the legwork for uh, uh, Canvas MX. He shows up basically as Ernesto Fonseca. Number font was a little bit off on the Honda, but anyone anyone who shows up to a two-stroke race on a Honda has my uh, has my hats off because that's uh, no small task, but uh, puts that thing on the podium. Looked great doing it. A uh, little bit different stylized uh, lettering on the what would have been a TLD look from that particular year. I absolutely love that look uh, from, uh, even though that was sort of in, in, in those Troy Lee Designs gear in its infancy, uh, I believe that's 2002, one, two, uh, but the, I think it's, I think it's, it's three or four. Yeah. I, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. With the, uh, the, the, the Woody Woodpecker Honda, uh, I, I'm, I'm personally a fan of those. I like those, uh, those bikes. Uh, what do you, what do you think, Blaze? I loved it. I thought it was cool. Like I, I had, an 02 Honda and an 04 Honda and I uh, ran those Woody Pecker graphics on it looked very similar to that bike uh, the font on the numbers is a little bit off but overall I thought it was a great look and uh, um, I was hoping I was pulling for him in the main event there but I thought 
you know, the bike was a little bit under power because the KTM's kind of holding them back. But the bike yes. itself looked great, and the gear was a really good replica of the Troy Lee gear of that era. I think is, I, I totally agree. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? Yeah, that was why I placed him as high as I did, because of the, the gear combination. I mean, clearly it was canvas gear, but they did a really good job of making it look like the um, original Troy Lee gear. And I put the footnotes on my list there. If it wouldn't have been for the seat cover and the polished pipe, uh, that bike would have been higher on my list um, based upon looks and results. I mean, he was arguably riding one of the slowest CR125s ever, and he finished on the podium. So, I mean, congrats on him for that. Yeah, that's yeah, got to be... Yeah, in 02. So how, how's it going to stack up against the, like a 15-year-old or 15-year-newer KTM? You know, it's pretty amazing he was able to do as well as he did. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I saw what he was riding, I was like, "There's no way." I was surprised that he even qualified for the night show. And then, you know, what? Is he a second or third? I don't. I think he got he got second because uh, yeah. Aja got third. Yeah, he was yeah, second so, in main. Yeah, second. That's pretty damn good. Second on that thing, like, uh, like that's a win for me. That's a win. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. And uh, like on a, on a pretty like I think all kinds. Of, I'm just looking at the machine right now, like. Like it looks pretty stock, to be completely honest. Like maybe like, obviously he's got suspension on it, but like basically from all things that I can see, just like from the surface, he's got some uh, some moto stuff uh, rear brake on that thing, uh, a, pair, a set of wheels. Was it not silver wheels at the time? Uh, maybe that's like a, a another style knock you can you can have on this particular uh, yeah, I was, effort. I was gonna was say so, something was so about that. What's that, Blaze? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're saying was the, the original Hondas were silver wheeled. Yeah, the black yeah. definitely doesn't go with the rest of the works bike look for sure. No, I, I, I'm like I like people think think I'm nitpicking, but like I'm I I, I would do that. Like if I like my dad wanted to put uh, uh, black wheels on an 05 factory Cowie, and I'm like, no, no, it's silver wheels. Like that's not how it goes, Brian. But uh, that's how that's how it goes. But okay. As much as uh, AJ Catanzaro, not yeah, AJ Catanzaro killed it with the canvas gear. Same thing with Michael Lieb, killed it with the canvas gear. Uh, getting back to uh, to Blaze's least favorite gear, um, Adam Enticknap shows up with uh, with a uh, Kevin Windham esque uh, oh, I don't know, usually like yep, that that oh four oh five generation uh, RM, but he just straight up wears his his gear. I, I, I like I that would sort of ruin it for me the 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 no attempt to match the uh, the the no fear gear from that particular era uh, sort of bummed me out I would have loved to have seen uh, at least a number fourteen on his back or uh, anything but the uh, uh, the the bad boys gear uh, from the seven deuce deuce but uh, I don't know the, the bike looked all right. Um, I, I, Matt was quick to uh, to zoom in and, and point out some bubbles in the graphics, but uh, all things considered, uh, the bike looked okay. Uh, like I, this, this is probably one that you want to talk about first, Matt. I'll, you're, I can I can literally tell you're champing at the bit to talk about this one. I uh, I picked it based upon the K Dub replica. I really I like that Suzuki. Yeah, Sobe Suzuki. Um, that was why I ranked as high as I did. 
uh, the gear. The gear is dumb. They have obviously a retro series gear. He could have ordered other things there. But uh, yeah, the biggest biggest uh, complaint I had was I had definitely zoomed in on some pictures of the bike, and there were multiple multiple air bubbles in the graphics and that was a deal breaker for me it's like how many people are going to have their eyes on these bikes get it together i mean put put a little bit more heart into it and do a good job yeah so oh, that that was that was what had me bummed out yeah and like like not just like bubbles that someone clearly got out like there's like bubbles on the 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 side plates and stuff like that kind of bummed out on that but uh, uh blaze your favorite gear pops up again man I, I love that um, that Sobe look Suzuki. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, the, the Thor gear, though, doesn't really go with it, obviously. It would have been nice if you could have gone with something a little bit more period correct. I mean, be, <laughs> the bike was like from 10 or 12 years uh, in the future in that, so that was kind of a strange combination. Let me ask you one question here. I, I saw Matt didn't put one bike on, and I know he didn't actually ride that night, but what did you all think of uh, Jason Anderson's Husqvarna? I thought it was uh, very interesting, and I thought it was kind of cool the way they added that uh, little faux chrome to the tank. Yeah, I like, like if if we're doing, I thought like and I talked to Matt on like this is a direct message we were talking. And I was like, if it had been like a throwback to the '60s weekend, yeah, absolutely crushed it. Like really cool look, but like how do you not do uh, if it's '90s? How do you not do a Steve Lampson uh, replica? Like well, that was ten, that was the two thousands. If you're going to the nineties, you got to go with like a, um, uh, you know, one of those booger green ones from the oh, early nineties. They're like a, a this funky booger green and blue. The Husky, yeah. I mean, Huskies were some really ugly bikes in the nineties. So, uh, well, okay, <laughs> but like, that would have well, like, uh, been terrible. There was plenty of other like two thousands ish. Esque bikes that were that were being thrown back to. I would have preferred to have seen a Lamson look over uh, the uh, the Husqvarna. Um, it was really cool. I think they executed it very nice. Um, I don't know what kind of gear he was planning on wearing with it. Um, and I, like I think Alpine Stars probably would have just had him in regular um, gear. I think I, I don't think they really have much of a throwback, if anything at all. But uh, no, I, th- I thought it was a cool look. Um, like but like I said, I think that would have been a great opportunity to uh, to throw it on back to Steve Lampson, just because I've actually seen that look done on that style of bike and like with the proper like the the, the plastic, the, yeah, like the yellow the like the yellow where it needs to be, the yellow front fender sure. and some like some some blue in there. I think uh, I think that was probably that's an underrated look. I think I might send that over to you at some point, Blaze. You, you might get your mind changed, but yeah, no, I didn't think it was bad. What do you think, uh, Matt? Um, no, I, I totally agree, and I totally missed that um, that look. I, when we were discussing it the other day, I was like, you know, I like it. I, I get what they're going for. You know, those those Huskies back in the, what was it, late 70s, early 80s, you know, that, that was a good look. Um, but uh, to, to what you're saying, the, um, the Steve Lampson, uh, Jason Thomas look, there was a GP team that actually did that last year. They did yeah. like a what was it a Chaoti look, um, yep. Chaoti replica, and it it worked. It was awesome. I mean, whoever did the graphics killed it. And uh, yeah, that would have been something they could have done. But uh, I I didn't put him on my list just I mean based upon the fact he didn't race. 
but I, I did like it. I did like what they, they were going for. So um, had he raced, he would have probably been on my list someplace. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I really thought that it was kind of a cool thing uh, to do for that. Like, it's uh, uh, like a total throwback to, like, basically the, uh, the, the maybe, the, the, what would you say, the golden era of Husqvarna back when they were Swedish meatballs. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool thing to, to put together. I would have been interested to see how he did uh, if he was um, preparing it uh, or actually be able to race uh, the entire evening, but that's not how it shook out. Uh, what did you guys think of Troy Designs coming in uh, with their KTM kids? Um, obviously, they had Talon Voland, who was... Or not Talon Voland, they had Max Voland, uh, dressed as uh, Talon Voland. Um, he was wearing last year's... They had the they had him in the uh, the skeleton gear, with, uh, and then he ate shit, and now he might, might be a skeleton, uh, in the 125 class. And then... Uh, um, they had Ricky Fowler as a creamsicle and Evil Knievel. Um, any either one of you guys want to touch on uh, uh, how T- TLD came out? Like they, they ended up taking second spot in the 250 class, but uh, like the Evil Knievel stuff was pretty interesting. I don't know, like I'll, I don't know if white is my favorite gear color from motocross, just because it's a lot of white. But uh, Blaze, what did you think? Well, I never liked. The, the, uh, the whole uh, skeleton look I didn't care for it there it looked like a Halloween costume I didn't like it when Fox did it in 91 it's never been my favorite look uh, I did think that Evil Knievel though replica stuff was pretty badass I mean I wouldn't buy it I wouldn't run around looking like that but um, I think it looked really cool for the event uh, it was definitely unique and stood out and uh, kind of really really appropriate to the whole uh, feel of the event I think it was definitely well executed yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't care for any of the gear except for the uh, Evil Knievel stuff, and I think it was a combination of the helmet, the gear. It, you know, it all it all kind of worked together. But I I didn't quite get it. I mean, it wasn't motocross, so I didn't I didn't really pick a whole lot of it. Yeah, not my not like like I not my favorite. I like I would have preferred they. Uh, um, I don't know. They they, they could have gone a couple of different ways. I, I I'd never uh, uh, like imagine going inside the brain of of a uh, of a Troy Lee to see like, what he comes up with. Like uh, that's some outside the box thinking that I'm just not uh, capable of. So uh, maybe this maybe just I don't understand art, um, and maybe that's what it is. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting look. Um, I want to get you guys' opinion on this one, and we haven't really, we've talked about it in a little bit. Uh, just sort of mentioned it when he was the better, basically the better looking Travis Pastrana than Travis Pastrana was AJ Catanzaro and he did a completely non-intentional uh, Superman in the middle of his run uh, to I'm sure uh, what are still consider- what are still some very uh, bruised balls after uh, basically launching a jump that I would probably think twice about jumping with my feet on the pegs and he did so uh, on his groin uh, AJ Catanzaro Canvas MX crushed that gear. He basically looked like uh, Travis Pastrana, uh, right down to the white alpine stars. The the helmet paint was absolutely perfect. My only issue with this whole build, the program, everything, uh, that it was a uh, it was an RM with uh, it was a two thousands plastic or, uh, graphic kit on an O one uh, bodywork and plastic. And then uh, uh, when it came to, to race time, it turned itself into a, uh, a modern KTM. And uh, it was a yellow one at that. So 
Um, were you guys bummed to see that it wasn't the Suzuki under the under the tent come uh, Saturday morning? And uh, and what did you think of the overall presentation? Like the bike still looked great, but I, I got to take a few points off for it being not a Suzuki. I mean, me I, like, I thought it looked cool. Oh, sorry, man. No, he'll go right ahead, Tony. I was gonna say, I, I actually, I didn't even notice when it was going on that he wasn't on a Suzuki. I thought it was maybe uh, like a mid, uh, a couple years later Suzuki, not like a two thousand. But I, it wasn't until I saw a photo like a vital later. I was like, holy crap, it's a, it's a Kiki. <laughs> um, I think it's it's clever. I have no problem with it. I mean, because obviously it's the spirit of the event, you know, it's just like Roxanne's not riding in '94. So I think the thing looked awesome. The gear was amazing. It looked just like Travis. I thought he had Travis's gear on at first until you see it up close. You're like, holy crap, it's not no fear. It, he executed the whole thing. Um, you're talking about like honoring the spirit of it and stuff. I think they did, you know, maybe it came right up there with uh, uh, right at the top of my list for a gear and bike combo in terms of you know, executing the spirit of what you're going for. Maybe not technically a Suzuki and he's not really wearing no fear, clearly. Um, and it's amazing how much he looked like Travis. Part of oh yeah, like skinny tall, and tall. He like he's basically the same style. kid. He looked like him out there. It was crazy. Yeah, it was total time warp. I I really liked when it was a Suzuki. Personally, if you're gonna go with the 01 body style and that whole thing on a Suzuki, I like I'm I'm more of a Sobu Suzuki, uh, or like a factory uh, 01 Suzuki. Travis uh, would have been ideal uh, if I'm being kind of like uh, kind of nitpicking. But um, the the bike looked fantastic, and uh, it was like, yeah, even even the heel clickers, you're like, is that Travis? Like, is that old footage of Travis? It was pretty cool, and to see him get second place, uh, hats off to the guy. Um, doing so, like, I think he races a Kawasaki 450 in Supercross, doesn't race outdoors, and then comes and races a KTM 125 or 150 in this case uh, to second place in an event like this against some kids. Uh, of which, uh, like, AJ Catanzaro's not a kid anymore. He's pretty, uh, he doesn't say getting up there, but he's he's no young cat anymore. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty interesting and uh, a, a pretty solid look. So um, hats off to the guys. I, I think it was pretty well executed. I would have preferred it to be a Suzuki, but I'm just oh, I'm just nitpicking. What I liked about it was the hype that he put behind it. He, he promoted the bike and promoted the bike and promoted the bike, and then he, he got you sucked in and... And then he's like, boom, here's this KTM. But I'd read in a, uh, a post someplace that he wanted to be um, competitive. And yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not going to be competitive on an early 2000 Suzuki. So I like what he did. He got people's interest. He got people hooked. He got people following him. And then he comes out. He has a bike that you know most people didn't care for. But then you look what he did with it. I mean, he he executed everything well. The look, he finished you know third overall. He did a very good job with it. If he had been on that early two thousands Suzuki, he wouldn't have made the podium. There's no way. No, I don't even so, I don't even know um, if he qualifies. Yeah, so I mean, he he did a, an excellent job. Um, I was I was pretty critical on on the KTM, but the more I looked at it, uh, they did do a very good job of you know designing it after a suzuki uh, i'd like to know where they come up with the yellow plastic that to me that's pretty awesome so uh I they think did a it good was job polysport if i'm not mistaken yeah those guys are they're doing a good job they're they're yeah. knocking out some retro stuff 
They are. They got some really cool stuff. And you, you actually recently got some uh, some purple uh, um, shrouds for your for your uh, YZ project, right? Um, no, the the purple shrouds I had were oh, uh, for the, that's old. for a Honda. Um, for my Honda it was blue, um, and they were CE Moto. I found them on eBay. Um, that was that was the uh, the the ninety two peak build that I did on that old CRF. They were uh, um, blue number plates and fenders. And as soon as I seen them on eBay, I said I got to buy these, and I know what I'm building. Fair enough. Like so, when you when you get when you buy this stuff, do you just you just get it sent to your work and then like slowly start to bring it home so your wife doesn't notice, or how do you do that? Uh, yes. <laughs> just straight up, yes. That's exactly how I figured that. Out. I figured I figured it was something along those lines. I, I do something similar with uh, vintage go- uh, hockey goalie equipment. Um, but uh, Blaze, like. Is there anything else that sort of stuck out for you on this particular weekend? I feel like this is more about fashion and flair than it is about racing, but uh, I think it was really cool to see so many people buy in, uh, get in the spirit of things. A bunch of kids uh, that a lot of them didn't even grow up racing two strokes other than super minis, 65s, that sort of thing. Um, really cool to see like sort of the vibe from the 90s come back. It would have been even more fun is if they would have had like a beer gardens for all the riders afterwards and to see them all go like, like full blown nineties and get all get all banged up and uh, and bring a bunch of like uh, podium girls and stuff. <laughs> bring one of Jeremy's boats from Habitat out there. For yes, me. I um I I love this. You know when Straight Rhythm uh, first started, I don't know three four years ago, however long ago it was. I was kind of like, oh, this is just kind of stupid. You know, I was pretty bored with it the first time. You know, it had kind of a, a sameness and it made the. the uh, the night seemed very long, you know. I, it wasn't that cyclic the first couple of years. It was a day event the first you know, time. But, yeah, when they brought the two strokes in, um, I don't know, whenever, you know, Ronnie Mack and uh, they had that big battle a couple of years ago, it's like really made a turn for me. And then adding this whole retro theme, I don't know if they'll do it again, but it, it really was one of my favorite events I've watched in years. I had so much fun with the whole vibe. Everybody's clearly having a good time. The fact that everybody got into it, that's what I, you know, I love the retro races, you know, and you go and see all the, the bikes. I've seen half the time the teams, you know, maybe one or two teams will be into it, but most of the guys are sort of the same normal stuff. And the fact that people were, like, into this, and, it, you know, they're, they're gear companies, the people making the graphics. Um, I just love the buy-in by the, everybody there, and it just really was one of my favorite events I've watched in years. I, I enjoyed the living heck out of this, you know. I, I hope they keep doing it. Fair enough. And uh, Matt, I know, like, because you literally, you basically dedicate your uh, free time when you're not raising uh, your beautiful girls. Um, that uh, you're 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 dedicating a lot of time to restoring and uh, and reviving the '90s motocross movement and all that fun stuff with the uh, with the bikes you build. A lot of attention to detail. You must have been grinning ear to ear with seeing some of these uh, builds happening a, lo- a lot of times with uh, some. And, and and honestly, a lot of these bikes were for high, were high performing on that, not just uh, grips and graphics. They're also uh, some pretty cool looking bikes for their era. Yeah, I this is probably my favorite event of the year. I'd say next to the um, Motocross Nations, this is the best race I've watched all year. Um, had I kind of noted earlier that uh, I think the monster energy cup is getting stale and i think the monster energy cup needs something and i think a two-stroke only event for a race like that an off-season race that means nothing 
I think that would gain more interest than the Monster Cup itself. So I think the sport needs something else. They're clearly never going to bring two strokes back to no, it's the, professional what, what the sport needs is to go back to nineteen nine or 2004 is what they need to do. Yeah. So I, I think... Yeah, we just need to put... I, I think they need it. Yeah. Two-stroke the race. Back to the left. Hmm? Yeah, actually, let's see. Matt, do you think you see guys like Eli and the, them on a... Um, there, that's the only question. Is like since Kawasaki and Honda don't make them anymore, you might not see some of the top guys there. But I, I think you already don't see some of the top guys at those races. Though. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I mean, they've got Kawasaki's around. I mean, they they built Eli that um, KX250 for the the Monster video. So yeah, I mean, they've, bike, they've yeah. got yeah, they got bikes. I mean, they could they could put something together for a one off event. Um, and I'm sure they can make just as much horsepower as a, a new KTM could. So oh, sure. I, I think it would be a, a great event. And Well, Michael Leslie's really going to ride one. The 325 yeah, that's, YZ. That's, hats off to him. I mean, I, I hope he wins the million. That would just <laughs> blow everybody's mind. I mean, that would be... That would be the story of the year. Michael Lessie comes out and wins the million on a two-stroke. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't love that? So like I said, I'd start crying. I'd, I would legitimately start crying. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I clearly two strokes are making a comeback. I mean, you go to your local track. I mean, I went this weekend and rode, and there was probably just as many two strokes as there were four strokes. And you no, know, not necessarily these old dinosaurs that I ride. There's just there's more and more two strokes popping up at the tracks. And I think it's price-driven. The industry is dying based upon the fact these guys can't afford ten, twelve thousand dollars dirt bikes, and then they can't afford to fix them when they blow up, and it costs them, you know, two, three thousand dollars for a rebuild. A two-stroke, they can blow them up on the weekend and have them run it by, you know, Sunday afternoon. So, I, our, our industry needs the two-strokes, whether it's at the professional level or at the intermediate level. They need two strokes to get people riding. Otherwise, the kids that aren't riding today are never going to ride, and our industry is going to just eventually dry up and go away. So, I think I think it's good for the sport. Fair enough. I no, I, I agree. I think it's good to try to bring them back. Considering how much trouble they're having. Yeah, exactly. Well, RM. they didn't RM like didn't they? Don't they have a like a option to bolt a 125 motor into the 250F now? Or? They keep teasing us with a supposed kit that you can go to your dealership and buy. They're they're supposed to be selling it as it's in, like for their amateur support program so they ah. can have their, their amateur riders come up off the super minis, jump onto a 125 and then be able to bolt their 250F engine into mm-hmm. it and jump up to the 250. So, what, are you supposed to put a KTM engine in it, or what kind of engine are you supposed to put in it? I, I think supposedly, they're... Supposedly, go buy a brand new 2019-2020 RMZ250, and then you can go to the parts counter and buy a RM125 engine kit that comes with engine hangers, exhaust, and everything, and it bolts directly into the 250F chassis. So it's that like an 08 RM... 15-year-old RM, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's been hearsay for like a year now, so huh. I don't know that it's ever going to happen. But um, 
And the air boot would be would totally be. different, I think. I want to. Oh wanna yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah, like it would like. There's a lot of things to switch over. They should probably just like dust off those old molds of how they built the 08 uh, RMs and just start printing those again. Um, Lord knows they. Yamaha is basically still building a, an 05. Yeah, they didn't know? change it. So it's like if they just if they bought out the 06 or whatever whatever the last year was for them and yeah. just produced them again, people would buy them. Totally, you could get would. a new one that wasn't beat. You yeah, know, that's it. the whole deal. Like. It's like when you see someone with a brand new Yamaha, you're like, all right, sweet. Like a, a brand new 05. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all it is. But it's awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that thing's brand new. It doesn't, it, like, it's, it's a great bike, and it doesn't have a ton of hours on it. Like That's sort of like the only sort of knock if you... If you go and buy a, a, a like a lot of people, what they do now is they go get a, a like a, kind of the, the joke I was with Jody White. So he's like, "What's what's the best selling Yamaha?" I'm like, "I don't know, YZ250." He's like, "No, a used YZ250." So, like the, the the thing is, is like you buy a used YZ250, chains, wheels, uh, bars, every, like there's a bunch of things you have to replace. If you, you can get a brand new one, then you don't have to replace all those things. Like bearings, you usually uh, uh, blasted out. You got to call a guy like Matt so you can get your your bearings replaced and stuff like that from from Pivot Works. But uh, as a shameless plug right there. But uh, no, like it's um, it, like that's why I stay on the two strokes. Like they're they're easy to maintain. Uh, if it if like you said, if it blows up, I have it fixed in in, in a night. It's a it's a two beer job, um, and uh, it's just it's, it's it's honestly for me, it's a better way to go racing because at 31 years old, if I'm riding a one if a 252 stroke and you pass me on a four stroke, good for you. You're supposed to. You're on a four stroke, and if I for some reason pass you. Good lord, buddy! You're on a four-stroke, and and I'm 31 years old on a two-stroke. Like you give your head a shake. So uh, basically, either way, I win, and uh, and I, I'm crossing my fingers that uh, that I can uh, put a trip together here uh, a little down the stretch because my friends over at TM have actually invited me to uh, to race all three of their uh, uh, two-strokes at uh, the World Vet National or World Championships. Uh, world Vet, wow. World Vet Championships in Glen Helen in about three weeks' time. So, uh, uh, crossing my fingers, I can make that happen. But uh, yeah, that, two strokes are the way to go, man. I, I, I still say that. Like I know Blaze, you've owned, you've owned both. I've owned both. I still own both. Same thing with Matt. You still own four strokes. But uh, if if I had to pull one bike to ride, like one of my favorite tracks in perfect race condition, it's uh, it's uh, oddly enough, it's my. 05 KX252 stroke, which was considered one of the most ill-handling, uh, brutal bikes. And I know, Blaze, you had one of those, too. I did, as a matter of fact. And it was ill-handling, but it's fast as shit, so it was a good bike. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, my everyday rider is my 95 KX250. I mean, that's that's what I ride. And I love it. I couldn't I couldn't be happier with it. So, Do you, um, do you have a picture of that bike? Do you have a picture of that bike on your nightstand? No, I don't. Like, I'm, I just say, I'm, I'm correcting it right now. Actually, I was gonna say, like, do you, like, does your wife know that you've like put a picture of that that bike like over her face uh, on your off, like in your office, on your like, you probably have like a picture of you and your wife, and then you like stuck a picture of the '95 like over top of her face, and just be like, there together forever. 
and and you, I don't you, even have a picture of that bike in my office. So no, oh, shame on you. Uh, maybe I've given you <laughs> ideas of what to what you need to accomplish before this week is out, boys. Um, it's getting uh, later in the evening, and I still have a few more questions to uh, to complete on my uh, my Connect Labs so that I can uh, get a hundred percent in my math test tomorrow. I'm really excited about how this uh, school thing's going on for me, uh, Blaze. It's getting uh, closer and closer to your bedtime, so. Uh, really appreciate you guys making some time for us. If you're not already following at Tony Blazer on Instagram, uh, you probably don't have Instagram. Uh, and if you're not already following uh, <laughs> MX Rehab um, on Instagram, you need to go do that. Uh, Blaze, you got to be getting close to like eighty thousand followers, are you not? Uh, I think it's seventy. Five or so, probably something like uh, that. Yeah, who could count, right? When you're, you're just a big shot like you, uh, I'm, I'm tipping <laughs> in at forty-five grand uh, with the new algorithm. Uh, it doesn't matter what I post; it does, no one seems to li- uh, like it anyway. So that's fantastic. If you're not already following on Big MX Radio or Brad Gebhardt eighty-eight, go ahead and do that. And uh, for hours of entertainment, whether it be races or uh, bike reviews, this, that, and the other thing, go uh, follow follow, uh, the Motocross Vault on YouTube. Get lost in the content. And uh, you'd mentioned at the top of the show that you have another uh, spot where you're uh, you're putting all the races and stuff like that uh, from years past. Because you actually basically got shut down for a while, right, Blaze? Yeah. I I keep running into issues with YouTube and uh, spells and some other people pulling race stuff down. So I thought it was better just to separate the channel so I didn't have the... A whole thing shut down. I had that happen one time they clipped my whole channel. So just for safety's sake, I, I figured I'd separate things and move the races to a different channel. So at least if it goes down, it doesn't take everything down. Fair enough. Spreading out your assets, I like it. And exactly. uh, and actually, <laughs> I, I have to I have to go and uh, buy another. Uh, external hard drive uh, a terabyte's worth and send it off to you only for you to upload things onto it and send it back to me because uh, my good friend not I will not besmirch the great name of Paul Delorier but uh, I did loan him my uh, external hard drive uh, in 2018 and we're knocking on the door of 2020 here and he uh, has uh, not yet been able to get it back to me I think that's his to keep so uh, I think I need to go to uh, Best Buy grab one of those uh, a terabytes worth of uh, uh, external hard drive and uh, get you to uh, fill that thing up for me there Blaze that may have been a miscalculation on your part Yes, I, 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 that was, uh, it was one of those things where I was telling, I was telling, uh, Deloria about it. He's like, man, that'd be so cool to watch on the road and stuff like that. Cause obviously he drives, he was driving at the time anyway. I think he still is for, for Rockstar. And, uh, yeah, that thing, uh, was out of my position. And, uh, not that I've really bugged Paul too much to get it back, but I, I think that's his to keep now. So we'll just move forward from that point on. But, uh, boys, this was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was nice talking to you, Tony. I appreciate it, Brad. Let's do this yeah, again. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's chit chat again. Uh, really appreciate the time, boys. Um, we'll. we'll uh, I like this three way call. We we didn't talk over each other as much as I thought we would, and uh, the only times we did is when I failed to direct traffic. So that's on me. Uh, always appreciate the time, Blazer. You're awesome, Matt. I, I say nice things about you all the time, so I probably just cut you down at this point. But anyway, uh, do not hang up just yet, uh, gentlemen. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.